Hello and welcome to episode 912 of the Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, April 6th. I'm your host, Paul Spore. Joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I am well. We have everyday baseball. Yeah. And uh, it's a glorious, glorious thing. And I'm happy to have it. How about yourself? I'm, uh, I-, I couldn't be more excited. You know, especially now that I have like the uh, TV in the office. So like last night, I was like, oh, I only got about an hour's worth of writing to do. And then I was out here till 3 a.m. doing research, watching games. Uh, I mean, just like, and then I was like, oh no, what have I done? Oh, I've no. got to be up at seven. This is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, okay. uh, I'm finding myself just like diving into, you know, five games at once and loving every millisecond of it. Um, it's great. I mean, baseball is back. It's great. We got plenty to talk about. We do have some not great news to talk about as far as injuries go. Uh, now we'll get into some of the fast starts and kind of what we're doing with them. Obviously, you know, um, a lot of them were some of the hot names on the, on the market this past weekend. So they're, they're picked up in a lot of leagues, but I'm just more interested in, in kind of how you feel, you know, it's, it's hard to do uh, a ton of analysis early on because the samples are so small. So we're just kind of looking at these guys and, uh, and seeing if anything worth jumping on, but let's start with the news. Fernando Tatis has a subluxation of his shoulder, which Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't that just a fancy word for dislocation? Yeah, this is a reoccurrence of the injury that happened in spring. So it was, and I was watching when it happened because uh, it was obviously against the Giants, and mm-hmm. uh, it he like he swung and just crumpled. Like it yeah, just, you, you know what I was afraid of? I've seen the swing and crumple from um, hammy from guess. the hammy. Yeah. Yep, and that's what I was suggesting early on. That it might be just based on on you know previously seeing that so um, it's not great, but it might not be terrible either. Like it's one of I think it's still one of those that's a little bit up in the air that it's been you know it pops out from time to time is what the is mm-hmm. what the new note said. It seems like it's got to be an IL stint, but I, obviously the the length is going to be you know, uh, the determining factor of how devastating this is. What do you have an initial expectation here that, that you're planning for as far as a time frame on Tatis? Oh, I mean, no, at this point it's like, I, I mean, I think there will be an IL stint. Uh, I think it'll be longer than 10 days, whatever. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, that being said, like in some ways it's like, Oh, this is great. It's not, a handmate injury, right? Because handmate injuries usually take six to eight weeks, and then mm-hmm. sometimes power is sapped on the way back. Uh, yeah. and, and now you're talking about okay, this is kind of affecting him for the next two to three months. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. okay, maybe he is, you know, goes on the IL, he rests, uh, as long as he's not getting surgery, which I'm sure they will try to put off. Uh, you know, maybe he's back in three weeks or a month, something like that. However, like, the fact that this reoccurred in itself, and I mean, anybody who's had shoulder issues, uh, and I, I have over the course of my life. I know um, Jason has too, right? Yeah, these things don't get better without surgery, and even sometimes with surgery, they don't get better. And so that's Ugh. my big fear. Like, my shoulders will dislocate, um, it, you know, from time to time, you know, sometime when I'm just sleeping. Um, which is, is really fun to wake up screaming in the middle of the night. But, um, you know, and 
I know I'm a premium athlete, but just not quite on the same level as Tatis. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's just like a one to one. But yeah, this is uh, this is concerning because I, I I worry that this could be something that he deals with until he gets the surgery, kind of you know, uh, kind of a reoccurring issue. Um, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. So it's like, I don't know how much analysis we can really give. Like, you're not selling him, right? Because no one is going to buy him for 90 cents on the dollar right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to sell him for 50 cents on the dollar because he was no. second or third overall pick in your league. So I, I I don't know what you can do. I think you just got to hope for the best. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and yeah, just, yeah. Um, yeah, when it's it your top pick and and one of the number one overall picks, there there is nothing to be done. Like there's no actionable item there except just hope, yeah. just hope that it's not it's not bad. You know, it's like I, I know for me, like obviously, I, 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 of course, I want to win everything possible. But when a star gets hurt, even if he's not on my team, I'm bummed just because yeah. it's a it's a star out of baseball. Like you know, I, my first thing is not like ah, this helps me because those stolen bases are gone from the teams. It's like, nah, dude, I love watching Tatis every day. I've been, I've been dialed in on most San Diego games so far, just due to their uh, collection of talent. Not, not, uh, not the least of which is uh, uh, Tatis. He might be the foremost reason I tune in and it just sucks. It just sucks. So hopefully it's not too bad. That same night, last night, not too long after this, Cody Bellinger, was walking off. Now this one feels like it's going to be a lot better. He and Raymond Guadon were, uh, you know, this pitcher for Oakland, they were sprinting to the base. Same time, you know, we see these collision courses. They're always so scary. Like, Oh God, you know, a lot of times I'd say nine out of 10, maybe even, maybe even more 95 out of a hundred pitcher veers off one way to the left, batter veers off to the right. And and they don't they don't collide. Batters out or batter safe doesn't matter. But you get those five out of a hundred where there's something that's going to happen. And there was a collision, and it looks like Bellinger uh, he got spiked. It doesn't look like he got spiked in the back calf, um, it, it, as opposed to the front calf <laughs> in his calf by Godon. <laughs> And uh, that's what that's what led to him coming out. So we'll see what happens as far as that goes. That one's certainly not expected to be nearly the same situation. He might play tonight, to be quite honest, uh, on one, yeah. on Wednesday night. Sorry, on, on Tuesday night. He'll, pro- he'll probably so, get the day off, but I, I'm yeah, not. Yeah, catch a breather because of their their team. But it's a left calf issue right now that I I just don't think is going to be a major issue. So breathe easy, even though I know it's scary when your stud is walked out by the trainer. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not overly worried about this one. It's, it's no, no, you no. know maybe he needed some stitches or something like that or. Um, you know, you just kind of jostle. They're they're being cautious. So yeah, I, yeah they I, were routing. Yeah. They were they were rolling. Yeah, I, I would By the expect. Way, yeah, I put uh, I put my money where my mouth was, and I started I started uh, Montas. Oh God, it, it did not go well. <laughs> hey man, like where I was drafting him and and the way I ranked him, he, he you play him in the you play him all the time, like or else. Yeah. I, I I'm not really. really I, I, no, that's fine. I, but you weren't ranking him nearly as high as I was. I mean, I was I pretty close. But I, I wanted and at Houston, and like, I'm not even. You know, it could have gone away with it with the cuticle thing, and just been like, well, you know, the and cuticle. That, for me, him. like, I wanted to. 
uh, I mean, there were obviously spots we'll talk about uh, the, the the COVID stuff here in a little bit, but with with so many players missing games, um, potentially, like there were definitely spots where I went, um, okay, I've got to start him. So like, there's some DZs and stuff. But any any of my big leagues, I think he ended up on on the reserve list uh, unless I I had to start him because I was missing injuries or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, I went for it with Montas, and you know he got he got brutalized by by the Dodgers. Um, and he gets at Houston. They're playing their faces off. So it could be a disaster. I will say, though, too, you know, time of year played a role as well. Like, I have virtually the entire season to make up for it. Um, and so, you know, I got to do some extra work there, right? If Especially if he gets beat up on Sunday by the uh, by the Strohs, then I really have, uh, you know, even extra work to do. Or I guess it would be Saturday. And, um, you know, chisel, chisel down that ERA. But, uh, you know. Again, I I put a belief in a guy that I'm super huge on, and it didn't pan out. I I don't uh, I I don't I don't feel bad about the decision. I feel bad that it ter- didn't turn out, but I I would I'm I'm I'm, I'm sticking with my guy. My oh long-term. well, I did start him in TGFBI, so oh there you go, great. Because I had go. so yeah. many injuries there. Danielle's gonna beat me, and this is gonna be painful. Well. Uh, honestly, you deserve to be beat. The <laughs> arrogance that you displayed after the draft, uh, I couldn't have been rooting harder against my, you. If my, I'm, my, I'm just being honest. My team right now, Chris Martin, Cabrinha Hayes, George Springer, Framber Valdez, Trevor Rosenthal. Just just it's, the overwhelming hubris and, uh, just, and yeah. arrogance after the draft about, it, like, oh, I simply cannot be beat. Oh, is that right? When I yeah. we just don't even play out the six months now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this is it's yeah, this is not good. <laughs> you, you you earned that, but there's still plenty of time to go. We'll we'll see how we'll see how it goes. Uh, but yeah, Montas was not great. Um, but that it wasn't even part of our news. Moving on. Oh, yeah. breaking news! Like right as we were hitting record, a little little trade action happened. A little trade off rip. Orlando Arcia traded to the Braves. Now. This is not uh, sending ripples through the fantasy community or anything, but it's it's a it's a notable move, and I think I'm most surprised. I thought Milwaukee was like pretty into him, so that's where I guess some of my surprise comes from. Is I would have thought that they would, uh, you know, they 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 would still be keeping him around, but it looks like they're ready for the Luis Urias show to really take over at short, and they've got Colton Wong at second. And uh, Travis Shaw at third, who's, you know, looking like, you know, j- just from spring, obviously, there's, there's still plenty to go, but looking like he's back on track of being like a solid everyday player. So they got options there and they decided that Arcia could be traded. We don't know what's going back uh, two, at two this pitchers, point. Two pitchers, but okay. unnamed. Unnamed pitch. Okay, I was going to say, uh, it wouldn't be surprising uh, if it was pitching. That's what I would have thought. So I wonder if maybe one will be a major leaguer or like a high minors guy who they could use soon. And then maybe a prospect. I don't know. Um, or Arcia in Atlanta is a util. I guess. Because um, Johan Camargo has fallen out of favor. Now, does this bump Camargo? Cause I mean, isn't, isn't he filling the middle infielder backup role right that right now? I mean, he originally didn't make the opening day roster. Um, and that's right. And then Adrianza right. got COVID, so I wonder if this is um, has something to do with that, 
I also know that Dansby Swanson was dealing with some sort of like hamstring issue during spring. Okay. Uh, so I wonder if he's or a calf issue. Uh, so they wanted more of a sure gloved backup at shortstop because I don't yeah. think Camargo is particularly adept, especially at short, right? Yeah. So I'm guessing. I mean, I'm guessing this is a depth move, um, but it doesn't make a lot of sense for either team. Like, I just don't. Like, I. I mean, we don't know who the pitchers uh, they're getting back in. Maybe they wanted to give uh, Urias. Um, full playing time in Milwaukee. Uh, we, we've talked about the depth of their bullpen. It could be a major league bullpen piece, obviously not, you know, Smith, Martin, Minter, Matzik, but couldn't it be, it be weird for them to do that, do this on the heels of Chris Martin hurt. Um, though like it, tr- tr- that's fair, but, um, you know, and, and because we don't know how bad it is. By the way, for those that don't know, Chris Martin was considered day-to-day after leaving Sunday's game. Uh, numbness in his fingers, which can be nothing and, and all good the next day, or it could be the beginning of, his arm of some, falling off, yeah. some bad stuff. Yeah, yeah. some like uh, t- thoracic outlet syndrome surgery type deal. But I wonder if it could be like Luke Jackson and then, and then like I said, a, a minor league pitching piece or something. Or maybe one of the guys like, um, I mean... Could it be Bryce Wilson or is he? Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that... it's like a Tuki Tucson or something like that. Like, it's, yeah, uh, so, I, I, I feel I, like it's going to be a name that we know for one of the pieces going back in the pitching realm. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, um, but I mean, I guess this is good news for Travis Shaw, um, yep. uh, who I just picked up in some league, um, and uh, and bad news for Arcia. I think that's kind of the the fallout. Um, un- unless we find out about an injury to someone on the Braves, or maybe somebody got COVID. Some, you know, if if Adrianza got COVID, mm-hmm. maybe somebody else is now tested positive in Atlanta. Who knows? Um, yeah. So, well, I'm sure we'll have more fallout as the day goes on. So, um, or or maybe we won't. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but we'll once the Braves play tonight and the in the Brewers play tonight, we'll have a little bit more information. Okay, somebody missing that wasn't supposed to be missing. Um, and if that's the case, then we start going. Okay, maybe uh, maybe that's the reason the Braves made this move. Um, yeah, but that's like a pretty real player to get as like a as like a backup. Not he's not a stud or anything. I'm just saying, like you know. I, I don't think he's quite past the uh, – RC is not quite past the realm of, like, there's no upside here, move on. He's still uh, 26, you know, off to a brutal start. But he was, you know, league average last year and can play can play the position well enough. So maybe they do have – maybe they do have him for, like, a more longer-term scenario if something is wrong with Swanson, which would really stink because I like Swanson. He's good. But he did get scratched with that calf tightness, and maybe that's bigger than than we think. So anyway, probably too much time already on the RCA deal. We'll see who goes back. Um, uh, if if it's somebody to kind of stock up their bullpen a little bit, uh, maybe Arizona could use the player to stock up their bullpen because Joaquin Soria is going to the IL mm-hmm. with a calf injury. What's with the calves, dude? Spiked calves, sore calves, busted up calves. Uh, Soria going to the IL here now. Sunday, the old, the old Sunday save mm-hmm. that raises raises a player's price. Davinsky came in and got the save after this uh, after this issue here with Soria on the calf strain. So then he went high, but it's Davinsky, Ginkle, and Crichton, 
And there's been, you know, uh, probably in reverse order, they had a measure of hype in, in the fantasy community this year with Crichton looking like the guy initially. He was being drafted in very early drafts. Ginko probably have uh, some carryover buzz from last year. And then Davinsky hasn't really had much buzz since he busted, broke out with Houston. But then he's really fallen on hard times since. But like I said, he got that Sunday save. So he was the big dog getting bit up. Where do you come out on the Soria calf strain? And who's your replacement that you would go for? Well, in the main event, I, I, I picked up Davinsky. So, okay. Um, How much did you pay? $57. Oh, um, I got no problem with that. Yeah, I, I saw I saw some triple digit stuff that I was I was less con, uh, less into, but double digit bid, uh, I really don't have an issue with that. Yeah, I try to stay away from the triple digit bids early. You know, like I mean, just in my league alone, Merriweather went for two hundred ninety nine dollars. Valdez mm-hmm. went for two twelve. Like I like both of them, and I think they both could be the closers, but I don't think we know for sure that they are the closers. Um, no, we, cer- we certainly don't, and. I hear you on the on the triple digit bid. It, I, I do have to go with the. It depends though, because yeah, for sure. If if, if know, it's if it's feeling a huge need, or I think I'm going to get a ton of value out of it, then yeah, of course I'll I'll be really aggressive. But like I, I now with these closers. So what you're saying. in this main event, Merriweather goes for two ninety nine. Caesar Valdez goes for two twelve. And then I got the next two relievers. I got Chris Devensky for $57 and Wade Davis for $37. Now, that Wade yeah. Davis may already be sunk cost, but it's $37. If the it's Merriweather is sunk cost, like that's a third of your fab. Yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 a big investment there um, on Merriweather. And we saw some gargantuan bids. Mm-hmm. Now, he's a monster. In fact, I think he's throwing hardest or second hardest among relievers so far this year. Um, you know, just out of the gate looking great. Actually, he's second to Alvarado, so he's the hardest throwing righty thus far. 99.4 for Alvarado, 98.8 for Merriweather. You know, Jason loved him and everything. Mm-hmm. And in fairness to, you know, not that anyone's like blasting the Jays or whatever, but like they never said it was Romano. I think the fantasy community was trying to will it into existence by drafting him super high because that's the guy we liked without giving enough attention to Merriweather. So, on the other hand, though, for the Merriweather folks, that means that Romano and Dolis could get the next four saves combined while Merriweather's putting out fires in the seventh and eighth. Well, so, and, I mean, here's the thing. So yesterday they played a, they played a game against Texas. It was six to two. It was six to one going in to the ninth. Uh, they bring in Dolis to you know finish out the game. Not a safe situation, obviously. He gives mm-hmm. up a run, puts another man on base, and you know who was up in the bullpen? It was Romano. So if it had it turned into a save situation, it would have been Romano coming in. I I I think now, was that because Merriweather needed a needed it, a blow? It may have been. It may not have been. Like we don't know. Yeah, so I mean, I, I mean I like I think Merriweather is going to get a fair amount of saves. Sure. I'm not convinced he is the guy necessarily. No, no, no. I'm not either. I'm convinced that he could be, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm also I also believe Romano could be. Frankly, I think Dolis could be in a Mark Melanson type of scenario, meaning he's not your best guy, mm-hmm. but you kind of want it that way because you want Merriweather and Romano getting you to the ninth with a three-run lead, right? Yeah. And so you trust your good but not great guy to handle those situations. You know, like he did some things last year, but don't get 
drunk on the 150 ERA by Dolis uh, as a 32-year-old coming back to the majors after seven years away, by the way. Um, he had 14 walks in 24 innings. Like, he has four walks already this year. So Dolis is the least of my concerns here. Um, <clears throat> I really do think as far as locking down the closer's job, it's between Merriweather and Romano. But if they do kind of rotate it, then Dolis is in sneaking one. David Phelps is going to get a random one. Barucky's going to get one mm-hmm. as a lefty. So, you know, again, a Sunday save. It was uh, April 4th save for um, Merriweather that – made sure the price went up probably double i I would say i would say the sunday save doubled prices on merriweather and that's a tough place to be you got to be careful with those bids but at least you're betting on a highly skilled guy like cesar valdez could not you you could not pay me two hundred dollars to bid two hundred dollars on him yeah I, I, i don't think i would do it I got valdez in the tag team league with shelly but we spent 65 bucks See, I, that's much more reasonable. Yeah, that's and, where it should be going. And the thing you about don't get like, the saves that he already got, like you can't add those to your team. So I mean, and here's the thing about like the Fabapalooza weekends um, that people don't really talk about the in the industry. Uh, I think enough um, when you've got like six or seven or eight guys that people are going to be bidding on. Um, you know, maybe they all do go for triple digits, but someone's going to fall. It's hard to predict too. But someone's going to typically fall into the double-digit range. Uh, yeah. And that's typically the guy I want. Um, unless I have a real need. If I've got a sure. real need or I'm really in love with someone, then yeah, I'll, I'll go all go all out. But I'm okay being, you know, in, in the tag team league, for instance, uh, Valdez was the 10th most expensive player. Um, and I'm okay with that. Like, it's just, it's fine. Like, you know, if... If he gets us some saves, uh, you know, $65 well spent. But, you know, Melanson probably should have been a bigger target, but he went for 271 I think we were we were in for triple digits on that one. Um, but, you know, I mean, oh, someone yeah, spent I, 317 I think... on Merriweather. Someone spent $133 on Wade Davis. You know? Oh. I don't know. Someone spent $102 on... Jake Diekman. And these are all really, really smart players. A lot yeah. of them, a lot of them in the industry. So um, you know, I'd much rather get the discounted guy right there in Valdez and be okay with it. See, Melanson of the entire group is probably the only one I would have felt comfortable saying triple digits on because I think it's his job. I really do. Yeah, I do too. Um, and I know it's super early, so we'll see how it goes. And he's got two dubs, by the way. But I never really thought Pagan was going to get the ninth just because of his home run issue. That was my biggest thing. And we'll see. He may eventually get there and be like, ah, home runs be damned. He He's still a G. Um, and Pomeranz, they very clearly want him to be a fireman. Like, they very clearly. And they should, by the way. He's great. Um, and he has also said, I'll do I'll do whatever. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll work in any role. Make life easier. Melanson, Pagan. You guys do your thing. We were talking about this on the Sirius XM show yesterday with Chris Liss and, and Jeff Erickson. He brought that up, uh, listed, said, you know, Pomerantz took himself out of it and then made it kind of a Melanson versus Pagan. Well, Melanson's got all the experience. So he's the one triple-digit guy I would have gone for, even though he might be the lightest skilled of the group in terms of throwing hard and getting a boatload of Ks, but he's got the pelts on the wall. Let's stay with Let's stay with closers here and move on to our next topic because this is a really interesting one, and I got to say – 
false narrative took over and you were part of propagating it. <laughs> led me astray. Now, listen. I'm going to disagree with this false narrative, but you, go ahead. Well, you are, but you're, you're you're going to be wrong. Okay. Um, and that's that's going to be tough. Um the false narrative being that Gabe Kapler, you don't want any part of his bullpens cuz he he plays merry-go-round and as such Jake McGee ostensibly could be the guy, but they just don't really go for a solo guy under Gabe Kapler and thus be careful taking Jake McGee. And now listen, I'm not blaming you for me not getting him. I could have done my own research, but I bought into that narrative as well. That narrative is not true. It is a false narrative that Gabe Kapler doesn't, uh, doesn't choose a guy. So you look at 2018 Nary's saved nine with a 450 ERA. It was three ugly outings, but then he had a 614 ERA in eight appearances between saves nine and 10. Then he was blitzed for two outings, four and five earned runs respectively within his next four. He had two clean innings within there. So too bad, too awful. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, then he got the 10th save and he was out after that. Understandably, he played his way out of the role. Dominguez held it from June on. Then in 2019, Nerys had 28 saves. He was the guy. So the only real place that it looks like Kapler played committee was last year in San Francisco when they didn't have anybody worth playing. Like they, you know, got and and Rogers and got actually got an opportunity. No pun intended, because that's not really a pun. That's just his last name. Um, he actually had a chance, but he kept blowing it. Like he got four saves off Rip. He was the guy. Then he has outings of five, four, and two earned runs in a span of an inning and a third, and he was out. So the narrative that Gabe Kapler does not settle on a guy and just plays merry-go-round closers is false. And it led me astray on, on McGee, and I'm kind of bummed because I really did believe in McGee's skills, but I just wasn't wanting to get involved there on something that kind of permeated the community. But it was it's wrong. It's it's just not it's just not accurate. I, I will agree with you there. I think. I mean, I think we overrated what we saw last year. Um, yeah. When he and, could... and again, I'm part of it. I'm not putting blame, and I'm not saying that um, I love Jake. I'm not trying to like take a win on Jake McGee that was like thwarted by the committee. I'm saying I should have done my own research, but I I believe that narrative to it. It 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 felt but, like it tracks. That being said. Th- Gabe Kapler did say coming into the season he wasn't naming a closer and that multiple guys could well, be used. So that, um, that's that part's fine and that happens. Yeah, but McGee was also clearly the best guy and, in that group. But I think we said that. Lefty. Like that, I mean, know. But I, listen, I'm honestly I'm more just mad at myself, dude, okay. because it it's not as big of a link as we made it out in the community of of him playing rotating closers, and being that that is how it was he just made such a good closer three because that's where you could get. Yeah. McGee. And that, oh, you were getting super part, cheap. What that, is that's what, that's what I'm mad at myself about. So this is more self-reflection here than anything else. But also I want to point out that the, the, the running narrative is false. Now he did say that coming into the year, which a lot of managers do, mm-hmm. but the narrative that he just is, is crazy with closers is false. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there were reports out there that, he was leaning towards McGee being the guy. I think, I think the narrative just scared people off. Um, yep. And I scare me. So uh, that's my own fault. It, me as well. I mean, not a ton 
necessarily because, I mean, I did wreck, you know, Danielle came to me and she goes, well, what do you think about Jake McGee? And I said, like, you know, I think it's a timeshare, but she got him in the 26th round. And I was all that's, like, that's great. Like, that's I a mean, great that's... price. Like, even if he just gets 10, 15 saves in 26th round, like, what do you, what else? You're, you're probably and dropping that player anyways. That's, that's my problem with myself is yeah. that, yes, get my double digits. I, I took Rich Rod, who I know is getting traded. It could get traded out of closing. And yet I didn't have the same thing with McGee yeah. eight rounds later. I'm an idiot. So I'm just mad at myself that I don't have three saves from Jake McGee right now, um, who's pitching really well. And the, another thing about it that bums me out, and again, this is not just all about me, it's just about learning from a mistake. No, it is about you. Is that I think um, I think the Giants are going to like win high 70s. Like they're 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 too good to to bottom out and they're 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 going to win every enough. game against the lefty. <laughs> yes, they are. With their with their hella platoons. Um so yeah, you know, it's, it's just a miss. It's just a miss. But McGee has he's three for three in saves. He's looking great. Um and, and most people got him as a C three. Uh, or he did a, not as a, as a look, CL three. He did not look great last night, but I chalked not it up to night. like That's that is his third fair. save attempt of the season. Correct. Correct. I assume he will have an off day. Uh, even if they have a save and he, and he, opportunity. Yeah, he, he survived last night, including even yeah. the last out that Fam put a good charge into. Mm-hmm. But it kind of died. By the way, the new ball, I know it hasn't even been a week, but I'm seeing the effects of it. Yeah. Yeah, we're seeing because it for sure. The, these these balls off the bat are sounding obliterated. Now, Sunday night, like I was kind of noticing it a little bit uh, Thursday through Saturday. But it really took hold Sunday night. But then I countered it by saying, well, the ESPN mics are usually pretty hot anyway. So I wonder if that's part of it. And then it happened again a, a bunch yesterday. And I was like, okay, I'm going to tweet out about this and see if I'm the only one that is, is seeing this. And I know it's anecdotal, but man, and apparently that's the thing. More exit velo, but less drag. So it's like they smash it off the off the bat and then it just dies at the track if it even gets to the track somebody else brought up another good point though too as far as the sound fewer fans makes the sound a little bit more robust as well so there's a lot Mm -hmm. of different factors but i definitely think we're seeing the ball play a role in that uh in that five percent less yeah i want to say that Eno, um our good friend osiris uh had tweeted something out about and i'm gonna butcher this i'm trying i'm I'm trying to find it real quick, but um, something along the lines of like the exit velocity is up this year, yeah. But the home run or but uh, barrel distance is like ten feet low, uh, less, which is a and huge that's what, amount. That's uh, what someone was telling me. They're saying yes, the exit velos are higher because of the ball, but then it just doesn't carry as far. So that's that's an interesting set of competing things there because you would have thought with the exit velo being higher that okay these are gone but they're very much not gone i mean you can always count on major league baseball to screw things up so again this one was an easy call from the jump though that it was not going to deliver what they wanted because it's just delivering these lazy outs on balls that seem like they're being murdered and that that sucks shit dude that's lame like the only thing that they have come close to, and we'll even see if they do a damn thing about it, that would actually help the game in the tangible ways that they want, which is more contact, is the doctoring the ball thing. And we'll see if they even give a crap about that. I mean, Garrett Cole in his first start clearly was using stuff. I mean, and 
I've seen other guys. I'm like, sure tons of guys. Yeah, yeah. So be, like, yeah. I always thought that it was going to be pretty hollow, but that's the only thing right now that they can implement on the fly. Meaning like without total structural changes that will do anything as far as getting the ball and play more. Cause it will actually curb strikeouts. All the, all this does with the ball is just create a bunch of, uh, cock tease flyouts. Yeah. Because yeah. they sound great. You look up if you're doing second screen and you're like, Oh, Oh wait! Wow, lazy flyout. So anyway, that that's pretty annoying. Uh, but yeah, Jake McGee, three for three in saves. Fact check your narratives, folks. My own fault there. I didn't do that. The Nats are actually going to play baseball this year, believe it or not. Um, and they're going to open today. Mets opened yesterday. Here's their COVID list. Trey Turner did make it. He's on the opening day roster. But the following are not: Alex Avila, Josh Bell, Patrick Corbin, Jan Gomes, Brad Hand. Kyle Schwarber, that stops kind of the mixed league relevant guys. Then Josh Harrison, John Lester, probably NL only. And then Jordy Mercer is like NL East 20 team only type of league. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that there it is. And with those COVID lists, obviously they have to test negative, like what, multiple times to get back. So it could be kind of a nebulous thing. Didn't Soto have it last year where um, he didn't even have it, but he like, had false positives and yeah. so they kept him out. And so he ended up missing, you know, like a decent chunk of games there. I think it was five, six games. Um, even though he was like That's why I got him in the third round of my main event. He's like, I'm ready. Like, come on, what's what's going on? So what do you do with this though? Besides obviously bench these guys in the leagues where you can, is there anything actionable to be done beyond that or just wait and see? Yeah, I mean I think obviously you're not dropping uh, Bell or Corbin or a Brad Hand um, or Schwarber for that matter. Yeah, no, none, none of them. None of the. Oh, and by the way, I said mixed league and I included Avila there. Um, he would be in the NL only with with yeah. Harrison and Lester. But yeah, Bell, Corbin, Gomes, Hand, Gomes in C two and in two, in two catcher leagues. Yeah, I'm and Schwarber, okay dropping. You can't Gomes. cut. Um, not in C two, but in any in single catcher, I would. Yeah, I mean, even in C2, I, I would. You, you don't want to take zeros. Um, I know. And, like, we don't know. Like, this could be a few days. It could be, you know, well, the much problem longer. problem is in weekly that. leagues, you can't do anything anyway. Yeah, I think in so, weekly leagues, you're kind of just screwed, right? In, and I've in got dailies, him. you probably already cut him. Yeah. So, yeah, in a daily, I, I would cut um, Gomes. I'm not cutting any of the other big Anybody guys. Yeah, um, you're just don't. reserving them. It's just... I think this was something I talked about uh, in a number of my streams. I'm sure I talked about it on here, but like we thought the COVID stuff was over, and it's clearly not. Um, no, and, no, no, no. Uh, and I caution people, one, not to stack teams too much, um, and two, uh, you know, that you know you can't take the risk on other injured guys because something like this could happen and then you're in a position where oh no now I have to cut someone of real value uh, because I need to have someone starting this week so um, you know I mean I don't know that there's much can be done now you're, you're not cutting a lot of these guys um, and uh, I you know I Patrick Corbin is my you know tied for my most rostered pitcher uh, mm -hmm. it's a huge bummer for me um, you know and, and then, I mean that includes TGFBI uh, it includes a main event, both of my online championships. Um, but there's, there's nothing I can do. Just, I got to just kind of hold him and, um, hope that maybe he's just been exposed and, or, or, 
you know, is, is asymptomatic and will be back soon. So, um, mm-hmm. but un- until we have more information, and right now we don't have very much information other than these guys aren't on the roster. Um, yeah, we gotta just hold. Like, don't don't go dropping Josh Bell, um, you know, or Patrick Corbin, or 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 Schwarber, um, or Brad Hand. Uh, you know, pick up Tanner Rainey. Um, don't drop him like I did earlier this week. Um, and uh, and you know, hope you maybe sneak some snaves. Yeah, that, that stinks. Um, that's like us cutting Romo, uh, and then our Rosen, our our own Rosenthal mm-hmm. got got hurt yeah that that's that stunk um seems like yeah, it's gonna be deekman it, anyway it's so. gonna be deek anyway yeah. so that you know not the end of the world but yeah just kind of deal with it as far as the, the studs go on the nats uh it's a bummer way to start at least trey turner is there off rip your your number one pick especially for you your multi-time number one pick um so that'll be good and hopefully hopefully we don't have too much of this obviously it's not gone and that is something that I think we kind of put it in the back of our minds as as a collective fantasy community, like, okay, you know, it's lingering, but it should be fine. There'll be a couple more of these where where teams gonna have to miss a few days. Like it's just gonna happen over the course of six months. Let's just hope it's not anything that gets to the point of like the 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 Marlins or cards last year where, you know, they were talking about shutting down their seasons at different points. Yeah, so we don't want to see I mean, any of that. We're hopeful I doubt we'll that, see that with six months. We're hopeful that you know, now that vaccines are becoming more readily available, all these players will be able to get vaccinated as long as they exactly. want to. So, um, exactly. you know, we'll, we'll ho- hopefully in a few months, this will be kind of a, a thought of the past, right? Um, yeah. But at least for the early season, it's something you're just going to kind of have to deal with when it happens. Yeah, exactly. And that's a great call out that maybe we won't even have to deal with it all year because as the vaccines move forward by the way getting my second shot tomorrow Ooh. Um, uh, i need to be done but nervous about yeah i take tomorrow <laughs> off <laughs> and i posted a, i posted a whole ass uh uh twitch schedule and i'm like oh i'm gonna have to uh you know maybe maybe not not meet that not follow that up uh and miss schedule because uh, of wednesday being <laughs> my I'll, second I'll, shot i'll schedule a guest for thursday um and then if you can join us maybe uh if you're feeling up to it but i, I got a feeling you're well, not going to feel up to it on thursday well we'll see um jen wasn't feeling great last night she got hers yesterday she wasn't feeling great last night but she's up and at him today doing her thing it so. affects everybody differently though that's that's i know the problem. i know like, that's why i have no set anything about that uh, except for the twitter schedule i need to I w- make sure i was that. okay after my second one but danielle and my mother-in-law were both like dying like it was they were in bed four days um so uh yeah i mean yeah well we'll figure it out but let's uh let's let's talk about some uh fast starters yeah let's let's do that obviously early on it's hard to have too much detailed, deep analysis with so few games, especially at this point, because we didn't even get a whole week. I know we're on a Tuesday, but the season only started on Thursday, so we're not even a full weekend. But some guys flashing uh, some some quick stats early on. Want to see where you're at with them. We talked about Fab a little bit earlier. Probably the Fab God. Actually, it was Merriweather was the number one. But number two there was your mean Mercedes. Now, this guy is was kind of a fun meme. Uh, prior to this fast start, you know, he's kind of a big old, big old dude. We love these, like, uh, these, like, differently built 
catchers, uh, whether they're the fire hydrant types like Willens Astadio and Alejandro Kirk, or just a big meaty boy like uh, like our boy Yermin Mercedes. He doesn't catch, though, and he's probably not going to catch at all this year. In fact, in a lot of leagues, he was listed as util only because he played one game last year, got one plate appearance as a DH. So he comes in UT only, but he he gets on the hottest start that I think we've ever seen. I think the eight hits to start was or tied for the most to start a season. Um, he goes eight for eight off rip, four RBIs and a five for five opener for him. Uh, he has hits in all four of his games. He's 667, 684, 1000 for his slash line with a homer. Uh, you mean Mercedes fast start that people are going to regret spending $8 billion on or a legit UT only hitter in a in a year when UT only has been a very rich category a uh, uh, player pool I should say what do you think about your mean Mercedes? Yeah, I made the joke yesterday with uh, our little text chat with you, me, you know, and uh, and Jason, and I said it's UT only season. Like, it really is, dude. It really is. Uh, I mean, here's the thing: like he's hit at every level. Like he's never not hit. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the last time he had a batting average uh, at a single stop below 272 was in rookie ball in 2013. And then most of his long stops included some legit power yeah. with uh, you know, a lot of 200 ISOs, but also even on the when it gets lower, it's like 180-something. Like That's a decent enough ISO to pop double-digit homers if he gets enough Playing time. Yeah, I mean, i I think he, I think he's got, um, somewhat of a legit bat. Uh, okay. You know, okay. I mean, he he on top of having those great ISOs, he's never had a strikeout percentage of twenty percent. Like it's all been sub twenty. Uh, plus, and he's decent. posted double digit walk rates at times. Yep. Decent walk um, rates too. So you know, it, you look at his high minors in in now. Tough part, be careful with your mean Mercedes minor league numbers uh, in 18 when he was 25 at high A. So he's a pretty advanced guy there. Um, and then even the 26, age 26 at double A. But age 26 at triple A in 2019, yeah, it's rabbit ball. But he was enjoying the rabbit ball. He was going off. There is there is some bat here. Is the playing time there, though? Um, obviously, Eloy's absence opens it up more. Is that is that the avenue that we're looking at here to where he could play... What are we thinking on a, on a, once the season is like in full swing, four times a week, five, six? Where 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 does the playing time come from for Mercedes? I mean, he's not in the lineup today, so that's kind. Of, it's a little Got bit him. telling. Um, I, I think he's a guy who probably plays three to four times a week at least initially, but okay. we're also not talking about a team now without Eloy. Um, that has a ton of people that will really block him. If, if Andrew Vaughn can play left field, like he's, you know, been playing. Trying to, yeah. Um, like in Wait, where'd you, see, where'd you see the lineup posted, by the way? Um, I, I I just had got an alert from CBS, because I just picked him up today. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, in, in a dynasty league, just for the hell of yeah. it. Um, I'm not competing. I don't care. I want to see if I can, you know, repackage him for something else. But Exactly. Um, uh, but yeah, so it says he's not in the lineup. So I, I could be wrong on that, but no, 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 no. I was just, cause I, my go-to is the Rotowire one and they just had an expected lineup at this point. Um, so usually I, I use MLB lineups. Uh, okay. Um, but I will, I will, uh, 
I will double check that. Uh, but that being said, like, yeah, I mean, is Zach Col like I like Zach Collins. I think Zach Collins is is very similar to him in very many ways. I was going to say that. Yeah, he's defensively challenged, but I think he's got a good bat. Uh, but I don't know that Zach Collins is uh, keeping him out of the lineup. Um, unless you know they're going to go with hot hand, uh, and so uh, so that kind of gets into the biggest question, though. Can he be Edgar Martinez? <laughs> Shut up. So, is it Dave Ortiz, Edgar Martinez reincarnated? Um, someone tweeted that. Like, I was like, like I'm hilarious. not saying he is Edgar Martinez, but he but could I'm not be. That. Yeah, exactly. uh, no, what I was actually going to ask, though, was um, can he catch? Can he get enough catching starts? Do we, do we think that he can get enough catching starts to actually get get catcher backup I, I, or uh, positioning in in leagues in which like like Yahoo I think is like five game eligibility probably um, in ugh, ten games he probably will get ten games at some point it just probably will take a long time to get there. Um, yeah, it could take darn well the majority of the season, mm -hmm. and the, but then next year he would have set catcher. But right but now, if yeah, you yeah, look at their you look at their team, he's the backup catcher. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's it's Collins or him. Well, and I mean Collins hasn't been catching for a, a little while now. Well, he's also not a great catcher. Yeah, so it's like, you know, ha has Mercedes any of his games been at sea yet? I don't believe so. Uh, let's see. No, four DHs. So I don't know. I and I guarantee. I I guess I, should, I shouldn't say I guarantee because I can't actually prove it. You not you'd have to really find a way to convince me that some of these bids weren't pushed up a percentage more, 25, 30, maybe fifty. With some of those fantasy managers thinking in the back of their head, what if this dude gets? What if this dude gets catcher too? I like him for who he is, but what if he gets catcher? I guarantee it, right? Yeah. Well, it's it's not a bad gamble, right? Uh, no, no, no. I, yeah, I, I understand. I mean, well, depending on what price, depending on how much extra you put into it because of that, if you added, you know, 15% more, okay. But if you went too much beyond that, I, I, I would be I would be concerned. By the way, Collins has played the only game at catcher that Grundahl has not, by the way. Oh, he, he, Collins did catch this year? Yeah, the, the, he has the one catcher game that okay. uh, that wasn't uh, that wasn't because I mean Grandal on our page is showing Grandal has caught uh, played four games so it's... well they played five so that's oh that is correct. I'm bad at math <laughs> um, so yeah so we'll see how that goes but you do believe Mercedes has something of a bat now what do you think his final line looks like because Jeff Eric, um, uh, Jeff Zimmerman was making a comp of like. Everyone's putting all this money on Mercedes and Miggy's out there for free, also util only. Are they really that different? I don't think they are. I mean, and that I'm, was I'm, kind of the point. Because the problem is, I don't see the path to 500 plate appearances at the moment. Um, and, and you will get that for Miggy. So even if you think the slash will be a little bit off, um, which I'm not even sure that I would grant that, but let's yeah, just I say I don't. I but, don't know that I would grant that either. I, I mean, I think we're looking at a guy who's like a 260 hitter with like 15 home runs. 
you're, you're kind of you're kind of uh, agreeing with Zips because they have 14 homers, 259 average, 315 OBP, 434 slug for Mercedes, which is a 97 WRC plus. And again, I think maybe it can be like a a 105 to 110 in more plate appearances. But let's just say, let's just say, Mercedes beats that, and he's like a one. A one twelve to one fifteen, and Miggy's a one oh five. Wouldn't you want the more volume, even minus Absolutely. ten points of WRC plus? I would. Yeah. So that's the tough part. I think that there's going to be some regretful bids on Mercedes. I think if you're in a daily moves league where you can move him in and out of your lineup uh, mm-hmm. based on when he's playing, that's the spot for him. In a weekly league, there's going to be weeks where he has two starts, and that's yep. that's going to be really frustrating. And I mean, like right now, right now he gets C. I mean, right now he's not starting every day, and he's hot as hell. He's the hottest player in all of baseball, right? So like, correct. And he's not starting today. So, or at least as of uh, you know, according to my CBS app, he's not starting. Yeah. Um, So, and I'm I'm just waiting for uh, Twitter to update that. But yeah, I mean, I yeah, I wouldn't go crazy on him. Um, that's the thing. I, I would just be careful. A lot of people already did go crazy. It's a great story. I hope he continues to rake. I really do. I, I don't have anywhere. I, I'm still rooting for him because it's fun. It's fun to watch him crush. But I think there's going to, like I said, be a, a, a lot of regretful bids out there and be like, I spent $300 on Mercedes and then I cut him in, you know, mid May or something. So <laughs> we'll see. Uh, competing with him for the hottest bat going, believe it or not is Eric Hosmer, who is out of his mind, 467, 529, 1,000, with two homers already. He popped nine last year, actually started lifting the ball, and believe it or not, it actually worked. How stubborn you got to be. People were telling you for a decade to just do that a little bit more. Um, Interestingly enough, we have not seen that lift so far. Um, I mean, you know, tiny numbers make it skewed he has a 70 percent ground ball rate 20 percent fly ball and 10 percent line drive but within those fly balls uh they both have left the yard he has two two fly balls two homers one could have been a line drive so maybe but it does say homer to fly ball is uh 100 I, I don't know that there's much to judge off these 17 plate appearances but i guess i'm just curious if you think that hosmer's going to hold some of the gains from last year uh, and make himself a you know all formats viable first baseman, not even just a CI. Because if he if he has power, then he is an all formats guy. That's the thing that that differentiates Hosmer between CI util type versus actually being a a full on mixed league first baseman. So where do you, where do you come out on it? And are you encouraged by the fast start? I mean, I don't know if the fast start means a ton necessarily. Uh, you look at who he's been playing against, and uh, you know it's the Arizona Diamondbacks minus Zach Gallen and and my Giants. So um, get roasted, D-backs. Yeah, <laughs> um, the quality competition isn't great. Uh, I mean, but like this was, I I I wasn't necessarily targeting Hosmer, but I also wasn't like running away from him. Maybe in the same respect that other people's. Other people, you can were. say it like that. Me, you, like that me. you were, you yeah. were wrong. Yeah, yeah. You were wrong. No, um, I, I think mean, it's way, I, may, it's, I may well be. I it's just don't it's like clearly it. way too early to say you're wrong. His launch angle is like negative seven point nine degrees right now, and that's that's coming off of the fan graph site. So, um, uh, like 
I think it's a bit early. I mean, the 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 exit velocity, the average exit velocity right now um, is ninety five miles an hour, which is great. But it's also ten events. Like, let's not. Yeah. Let's, let's most of which are probably on the ground too. Yeah, and I, so I don't think there's anything actionable here. You're not going and trading for a Cosmer. Um, you're not, you know, trying to sell high on him uh, necessarily. A yeah. uh, little scary moment. He got hit in the forearm last night, yep. uh, but stayed in the game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, we saw some tangible changes last year. I think they will continue. Do I think he becomes like a 30 home run hitter? No, but I think he's probably like a 25 guy with a, some, a handful of stolen bases, uh, and a, a, a good batting average, you know, like a I mean, 280, 25, five. That, that would make him a really good fantasy player. Getting in the middle of what still is a very good lineup in San Diego, yep. even without Tatis. Yep. And that, that'd be a big win for his draft price. And like I said, I, I, listen, I just don't like the dude. So that's why I don't draft him. I admit it's a, it's a blind spot. We all have, we maybe a couple guys that, that we, we don't assess properly and we just say, I don't like this guy for whatever reason. So, you know, don't ever be mean to Eno. How about that? If you're mean to Eno, you're gone. um so yeah that's Hosmer right now we'll keep a close eye on it just to see where he goes because if he does make those changes he could really have himself a pretty decent second act um if he is more of a power hitter at first base and then like you said the the sneaky speed is nice he had four last year in just the 38 games zero the year before in 160 though he was 0 for three so but that's the only time like that's the outlier um 11 16 11 4 7 5 6 7 0 four in 38 games and then he doesn't have one yet so far this year so we'll keep an eye on him you know he he's tied with this guy for stolen bases so it's like i shouldn't even let you victory lap on cedric mullins uh because does this clown even run hello like uh what's going on he didn't 588 zero homers uh but no your boy said is out of the gates going ham uh it is maybe a little i got i'm I'm tongue-in-cheek but like Kind of annoying. You've been on base eleven times and no no attempts. Now you know a few doubles. Guys don't usually steal third. I do think it's underrated. Um, you know the ability to steal third can be an underrated aspect. But let's talk about the good. Five eighty eight, six eleven, seven sixty five. He's just getting on base. He has a five hit game. He's hitting all four, um, and he's doing really well. So I know you believe in it. Are you upset that he has zero? No, I, I said I'll stay on the positive side. I'm sorry. Um, how much do you hate him because of the – geez, I keep going back to how much you hate him for the stolen base. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but, yeah, uh, assess your guy after four games. It's, it's obviously very early. Be careful on too too, many, too much running on the victory lap. But um, how do you feel so far with, with ten hits in four games from said Mullins? I mean, I feel pretty good. Like, he's – uh, I mean, aside from like the production, the production obviously feels great, right? Because yeah. I'm the Cedric Mullins guy, and uh, you know, and I was the one kind of you know all, all offseason it was like, oh, DJ Stewart, uh, Austin Hayes, and I was like, hey, what about Cedric Mullins, guys? I, I like Cedric Mullins. Um, Hayes on the IL, by the way, too. Yeah, yeah, Hayes at the IL. He's let off in every game so far this that year. That was my next and point. That's the there big thing for me. It's yep. it's not so much that I believe in the guy. The Orioles clearly believe in the guy. Um, yep. It's a great call out. 
And, you know, and like, don't get me wrong. Do I love the fact that uh, he is hitting well um, and that he's starting off hot? Yeah, but that's not going to last, right? Um, he's, he's, not to he, that degree. Yeah, to the, that's what I mean, to the degree, right? He's, he's not going to hit 400 this year uh, or the 588 he's hitting so far. But, like, I think that he is a better average guy than maybe the projections give him credit for. I think sure. he could be easily like a 270, 280 guy. He's going to be speed. leading off. There is speed there. Well, um, the speed can play into the average too, right? You get the, you get some of those extra hits by being speedy. And if it wasn't for that stupid dead ball, he would have a home run already. Oh, um, really? Did he crush one? Yeah, he almost wrapped one around. Uh, it would have would have gone oh, around the pesky pole pesky in Boston, pole. Um, but it it got caught because of the dead ball. And I mean, it, it took a hell of a play. I think it was by Renfro um, to to even get there. Like it should have at least been a hit. Um, but yeah, I mean, considering you were getting him outside of like the top 350 picks and outside the top 500 picks early in draft season, like, yeah, you're, you're already seeing some real profit potential. Um, and you know, if he goes 12, 15 this year, um, or even you know, 10, 15 this year with a 270, I, like that's a huge win. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, even if it's like eight. 20 though yeah. like it may, maybe down the power but up the speed i think people would be loving that so i think there's a lot of ways that this can go right although i w- will say it's uh these projections here like the bat x kind of likes him uh, on the counting categories because they have 8 10 but only 89 games if yeah. he plays a buck 45 you know, you're running those up a lot, but now he only has them for a 229 average. The bad X does. Um, and obviously you believe he can go well beyond that. Well, so I don't you think know. The, the problem with the projections is, you know, part of what is incorporated, especially into like something like the bad X is stat cast. And he's never going to be a stat cast guy because he, a lot of the game. Yeah. I mean, he, he led major league baseball on bunt hits. Like he's, he uses his speed to his advantage. Um, and sometimes just tries to po- poke the ball where a guy's not, and then that's his card. On, on MLB the show, his pictures of him bunting. Yeah, there was so, yeah, a, there to... was a whole YouTube video on just how amazing yeah, of I a bunter he is. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's amazing. I um, loved it, dude. When I saw it, I was like, oh my god! Just they're catering YouTube videos to I, Dustin. I uploaded it to uh, um, uh, Pornhub. Like it just you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. That's really funny. Uh, but yeah, so you know, he's off to a great start. We're, we're not uh, we're not pretending that anybody doing well right now is a, a win of a call. Just wanted to bring him up to see where you're at and to highlight the first the the leading off thing because that is the biggest deal. And if you are looking for some speed, I know he doesn't have any stolen bases yet, but Mullins is going to run and atop an order, even an order like the Orioles, that can be good. Then you get into the summer months, the ball's going to be flying. Even the dead ball fly a bit, and he could be a sneaky little uh, – throw in a little power. Nothing crazy, but if he gets to the double digits that you're talking about with 20 steals, whew, uh, for the price that you paid, that's that's just wild. Uh, another guy who could potentially be a power-speed power, power speed combo is Michael A. Taylor out in Kansas City. 
getting himself an opportunity here. You know, he's been kind of the prototypical fourth outfielder type and, and really lived up to it. You know, he can play some good defense. Uh, he'll have flourishes with the bat, but by and large, he's a below average bat. 239, 293, 399 for his career. Uh, he has the one above average season. Back in 2017, when he went 1917 with a 104 WRC plus, he has another double double as well, 14 and 16 back in 2015, but he had a 69 WRC plus. You would think that that's nice, but it's actually decidedly not nice. Um, and the bat's been a problem. He's off to a fire start with the bat, and the you're gonna want to put a little confidence in it for this one metric I'm gonna give you, but then I'm gonna counter it with a metric right after that. So. 438, 471, 875. Those are surface numbers for Michael A. Taylor. He's crushing the ball. He has two homers already. Oh, wow. I'm buying into this because he has 12% strikeout rate, and that's been his big issue. He's a 31% career guy. Not so fast, my friend. 16% swinging strike rate says that he's still very much a swing and miss guy. The strikeouts will come, and this looks just like a flourish. That's how I feel about Michael A. Taylor. I'm not quite there. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued for sure. Um, okay, I think the strikeouts will be there. Like I don't think that is going to be something that evaporates from his game. And you know, you're you're pointing to the reasons why, right? So let me say that up front. That being said, the Statcast stuff is a bit intriguing. Um, and it, again, super small sample. And like, um, I try to remember who were the Royals playing in the opening. Uh, the so Rangers. The Rangers. So, like, yeah, I was pitching for them. Yeah. So, like, I mean, we're going to take this all with a grain of salt, but, like, he's barreling the ball. He's hitting the ball very, very hard right now. Um, let's definitely kind of keep an eye on it, but pick it up, right? Like, pick him up and ride, ride the hot streak. Uh, it seems yeah. like he's going to be playing pretty close to every day, um, you know, especially because he's good defensively. He's got pow- a little bit of power in that bat and some speed. Uh, and, you know... And he's... Like, Go ahead, I'm sorry. You know, like we just talked about, or you just talked about with Cedric Mullins, like, you know, Zips projected in, or uh, the bat X had projected him for like 80-something games. Well, if you kind of prorate that out, well, now let's do the same thing with Michael A. Taylor. The bat X has him projected for 84 games. Let's say, you know, we're moving him closer to 140 150 like that's a 18 18 guy and yeah, maybe it's that's... a crappy batting average but okay who cares like that's that's a lot of like uh that's a, the, how many guys are 15 15 plus coming off of the waiver wire not that many how it goes you know if he did find a way to actually start to curb that swinging strike rate i'd have a lot more excitement um but even if he just does what he does display the power and speed and and be a little bit uh, and be a bit of a problem in between that with the with the batting average and everything. I still think there's some potential value there for Michael A. Taylor, especially in some of your uh, deeper leagues where he is available. Like he did not, he he's not like a universal pickup in 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 15 teamers. Um, also hasn't run yet either. So you know, again, when you're hitting for a bunch of extra base hits, though, maybe it's difficult, right? Uh, you know, du- a double and two homers out of his seven hits. Maybe there's just not a lot of opportunity just yet. All right, let's move over to the pitching side there and start talking about Steven Matz. So obviously with uh, – interestingly enough, though, we're going to talk about like one start for these guys that we're, that we're talking about on the pitching end. 
But technically, that's kind of a bigger sample than uh, what the what the hitters have. A week worth it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they faced you know twenty five batters or whatever, and uh, you know the 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 guys only have what fifteen to eighteen plate appearances. Uh, in a weird way, these are almost bigger samples, even though it's just one day of playing. But Stephen Matz got off to a great start with a six and a third innings of one run ball, two hits, one walk, nine punchies. And that's that's where you start to take a little bit of notice there. Yes, it was against uh, Texas. We're picking on them a little bit, but you should be picking on them with all your pitchers. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, a 15% swinging strike rate, though, too. So there was some juice behind at least this one outing for Mats. And uh, Jason sent us something. Opponents hit 322 against Mats's fastball and 298 against his changeup last season. Monday, he got 18 outs with both of them, including all nine strikeouts. So, you know, it's one start to go off of. But this is a guy who's had some success before. Uh, I got to be honest, I drafted him through the dud seasons, being like, this guy's talented. What the heck? Uh, even last year, I cut him pretty early. I mean, he had 968 ERA last year. It was a disaster with 4.1 homers per nine. Uh, I didn't get him this year, though. He, You know, there was... He was on the list, but deeper down the the sleeper pitchers. So I never really ended up with him. Didn't tout him. So I, I wasn't there. Um, is this something where we should want to be with Matt? I think it's definitely worth an ad right now. I, I definitely want to see. Um, I want to. I want to see what his pitch mix is moving forward. Uh, it was encouraging, I, you know, because I've been an anti Matt's guy, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, you know, all throughout his time with the Mets, um, and, uh, and now, you know, coming into the season. And so, but I, I'm okay admitting I'm wrong if we're seeing him use his pitch mix the way we saw it, uh, yesterday. So, um, you know, relied on the fastball a little bit less, relied on, you know, the secondaries a little bit more, especially a changeup, which was so good. Uh, if he can continue to do that, then um, I think uh, he has a real shot at you know turning this into more than just a one really good outing um, type deal um, or a few really good outings, and then he gets blown up and destroys your ratios. So I'm definitely intrigued, but and and I and I will be picking him up in in leagues uh, that he's still available in Fab, uh, but I'm not. You know, this is also the Rangers. Yeah. Like, the Rangers swing and miss. It's what they do. Um, so, like, I don't want to be like, ooh. Like, I don't want to go blow triple digits fab on him, right? Okay. Um, I think that's fair with but, regards to Matt's, yeah. Yeah, but I'm, uh, I'm definitely willing to go and pick him up. And, like, for instance, like, he, in my fab leagues right now, at least my NFBC fab leagues... He's available in five of the nine leagues. Like, that's not a bad, you know, including both my main events. Uh, or, sorry, he's available in four. Um, so he's not available in my main events. Available in TGFBI, available uh, in one of my OCs. Yeah, I'll take the gamble there, probably, but I'm also not going to break the bank uh, and then, you know, get blown up the next outing. Yeah. So. Um, do we know who that next outing is against? Let me look it up really quickly here. It, I believe it's the in Angels. the meantime. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's 
that's ter- did you did you say that and I missed it? I'm sorry because I was looking at actually some break. No, no, no. Okay, no, I just remembered it. Um, yes, yeah, so that's that's scary. Um, uh, anytime you're facing them, you know you got to be very careful. So I don't even know if I would start them on the heels of this. Oh no, it's the Angels this weekend. It's oh, okay. uh, Mets or excuse me, Yankees next week. Who they play? Okay. Actually, he might not make that. He might miss the Mets. Okay, this could actually... Well, by the way, the Angels are not a team you necessarily want to be going against either. Uh, I don't know if they haven't earned Yankee status yet, but I don't really want to mess with them. But looks like he could skip New York and then get KC after that. It's not bad. So So I think you pick him up, maybe not, depending on what your needs are. You could start him, but I I would caution probably not starting him uh, if you can afford not to. Um, and then we see how he does, and then that gives you a better idea of uh, you're probably starting him for Kansas City. Yeah, so, and you're kind uh, of maybe hoping, not too bad, but you're kind of hoping maybe a little mediocre to, to crummy start against the Angels, keep the price down for Sunday, and then you get in for the KC start. Now, you know, there's people paying attention. They're going to see that he has KC next. He's not going to be free or anything, but I do think a, a, a poor start against the Angels would bump the price down on Mats a little bit and then get make it uh, ripe for the pickup at KC next Thursday, assuming everything follows there. Uh, the breaking news was that Rugnet Odor is being traded to the Yankees. Um, Jeff Passon reports that the Yankees are finalizing a trade. The Rangers are going to pick up the money, all, almost all of it. So they're, they're paying 27 mil, so they're buying a prospect. I don't know who it's going to be. Uh, we don't know what the return is, but that's clearly what it is if they're if they're paying that money. Yeah, I would assume so. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. Um, very interesting. I mean, it's not a, like a it's a long contract, but it's not like super expensive. Yeah, um, um, but he's just so bad at baseball though, too, which is a problem when you're signing him up to play baseball. Um, yeah, AL only maybe. I mean, where does he play? I mean, that's but AL only. You don't have to have all starters. I mean, there, there yeah, is no you room want to play. someone who is starting. Well, hey Justin, no shit, dude. <laughs> I like, I know you want somebody. Who I is guess playing, you. But what what pick waiver pickup uh, in AL or NL only is a starting player unless it's uh, an injury opening, which means they're a billion dollars. I'm just asking if that's where his value is. Like, I I don't want him in any yeah game. i mean that yeah that yeah his value is ale only it's i dropped him in a 16 team dynasty yeah, league I, I, so like I, you I'm, couldn't have paid me to pick i'm him. fine just um, i just the skills just got to a point where it was untenable even for texas he's still just 27 which is not a baby but it's also not old and a rebuilding team said no nah, we don't even want to try to see this through give us any yeah. sort of prospect that we can get. What well, what can twenty seven million buy us as far as a prospect? And I think it'll be like, you know, a a, a, a passable one because like they're still not going to give them an elite prospect for that by any stretch. Anyway, that's Rudendo Door. Quick quick breaking news. Uh, let's go to the let's go to the Reds here for a couple of guys. Cincinnati, baby, they're out here. They're they're very much on the list of pitching organizations that we really start to kind of. Uh, trust what they're doing and start to look at their up and comers as potential avenues, you know, for, for the next big thing. Uh, Tyler Molly last year, somebody who popped off for them. TJ Antone was the fantasy flavor of the year. Everyone was loving him. Two guys, big starts 
reclamation projects as one-time prospects. One of them was stuck in Colorado. The other was just injury ravaged. Colorado guy was Jeff Hoffman, who got out with five innings, one run ball with six Ks, zero walks. And then Jose De Leon, five innings, two runs, nine strikeouts, two walks. How do we feel about the two Cincinnati guys here? And are you buying into either of them, Hoffman or De Leon? Both 28, both looking solid after one start. Uh, I'm buying into them a little bit because of what Cincinnati has just done, like you kind of yeah. mentioned. So, like, oh, it's hard because that's a tough park to pitch in, um, especially for a guy like Hoffman that has struggled with a long ball. Well, uh, but but he how much did he struggle? With, good. Yeah, how much did he struggle with the long ball because of where he played, though? And I know that since he's hard, but it's nothing compared to Colorado. And I mean, the big stat from that outing was zero walks. Yes, that was massive, like, and a sixteen percent swinging strike for Hoffman. I mean, you know, for a guy who you know really relies on kind of his secondary stuff not being able to use that as effectively in Colorado because of the thin air. Um, you know, he's really intriguing. And then the spin rate's been up uh, in spring. You know, shout out to uh, Batflip Crazy Toby because he was all over Jeff Hoffman nice. um, in the spring um, and talking about him. Uh, and I, you know, I, I, I should have bought in because I've been a Hoffman guy in the past. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, and a, I did. He's a reserve um, pick too, you know. It's hard yeah. to get every guy you like, though, right? Especially in those late rounds, you got your different targets. Uh, although you are in 512 leagues, so you maybe could have gotten him at least one spot. Yeah, and I mean, and I and I'm in a lot of really deep leagues yep. too. So that's like, you know, again, honestly, I can't tell you if I did draft him anywhere, <laughs> like in a, uh, in a in a draft and hold. I'm I'm gonna like just check real quick. No, I didn't. Um, so that tells you, like, I just was not in on him, um, and I, I'm missing out now. I didn't think he would make it into the rotation either. So, um, but now, I mean, if this is, you know, and DeLeon, like, DeLeon's issue has been health. Yeah, oh, like, exactly. if he's healthy, like, I think he he's going to be a very good so, pitcher. Um, I felt like I was out on an island here with, with him this week. Um, I got him in, like, uncontested bids for a two-step that was um, very favorable. He faced uh, who did he face yesterday? The Pirates was, and then he gets Arizona, and I'm like, oh, this is great. So I was putting, you know, what I thought were like kind of customary, uh, you know, twenty-five to forty-dollar bids, depending on the league and the need. And I was getting him uncontested, and I was like, what? Am I missing something? Now, he had a good outing, so it feels more like. But I don't know, two-start guys, like, I don't know. I guess I'm just surprised that it was $28 uh, with a $1 backup um, in in the beat Colin Weatherwax League. I, you know, it's a 12-teamer, though, so that's I, I get it. But then in TGFBI, 46 to 1. I, I, had, I had a bigger yeah. need, so I went a little higher. And. You know, I'm, I think a lot of people probably in my situation where they just kind of missed on it. Like, they just didn't think about him as being a viable option necessarily. That being said, like, he... Hoffman looked really yeah. good. Jose De Leon he skated didn't look as good. Like, gave up two home runs, you know, walked two in five innings. Uh, which, I mean, I guess is fine, but it, that could have been a much more disastrous outing. Well, um, it was a good team. 
but I, I explicitly started him because of the yes. teams that he was facing because they're not going to be able to take advantage of such a thing. And I will say... How dare you disrespect Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm such a jerk. Uh, credit, by the way, <laughs> one one down for the folks that took uh, Jake Arrieta. They were drafting him specifically to stream against Pittsburgh twice. That was something that I I just... I, I'm not a huge Arietta guy, so but I still should have. Yeah, because that one's a slam dunk. But yeah, one thing I really liked about DeLeon, the reason that he was even on my radar, was a huge uh, spring strikeout total. He ended up getting blitzed in uh, one of his last two outings or two of, two of the last, like, the ERA went way up. He started off great, but 24 strikeouts and 16 and two-thirds is what caught my eye. Um, the four, the five homers, the nine walks weren't so great. But yeah, I agree with you, Hoffman. Is probably a cut above. He also struggled in spring from a uh, results standpoint, but I don't know the makeup of those results. So I was just looking at the punchies, dude. Let me look at those strikeouts. So DeLeon and Hoffman, I'm I'm gonna guess based on what what we just talked about that Hoffman's your pick. Um, yeah, so then- for sure. I, I I would definitely go with Hoffman, but I think DeLeon should probably be rostered in 15 team leagues at this okay. point. Um, That's my question. And- you can stream him in 10 and 12s for this start against Arizona and then kind of look at his schedule after well, that. Well, not only look at the schedule, but Gray's going to kick one of them to the curb. So are they auditioning mm-hmm. for their job every time they pitch? Probably. And my guess is DeLeon's the one who loses out. He was the long reliever, uh, you know, That's just in, uh, last like year. the other guy, you jerk. No, I, I mean, that was his role last year. I'm messing with you. Um, I, I think that they'll, honestly, honestly, you know what I think? They'll both be in and take Miley's job eventually. Wow. If, oh, Miley, not no, Molly. No, I okay, love Tower Molly. <laughs> if De, now, DeLeon needs to make sure that the walks and homers are in check. Like you said, that one could have gone sideways against a more capable squad. Um, but Gray will be back. Lorenzen will eventually be back, though, too. But this stuff all plays itself out. Having seven, eight yeah. starters is exactly what you want. It can be worrisome and a little frustrating for fantasy, but it's exactly what the Reds want because pitchers get hurt. That's like their favorite thing to do, which is weird because you would you would think that wouldn't be a favorite thing, but they love it. Pitchers love getting injured. Um, yeah, so Hoffman, DeLeon, if, if you play daily leagues, Go look at them for this. Even in your shower leagues, go get them for this Arizona starts. They both start against Arizona this weekend, and I would pick, I, I would pick both up. And like, honestly, my ten team head to head, I already picked up De Leon. I, I'll, I'll I'll pick up Hoffman for it too, for for the spot start this weekend, and then just go from there. So that's where I'm at with it. Um, that's gonna wrap us up though. So those are some fast starters. If you guys have any suggestions of what you'd like to hear us talk about in the early season, I'm open because it's not easy to give worthwhile analysis. So hit us up on Twitter at Spore at Justin Mason FWFB. If you have some suggestions on what you'd like to see covered very, very early on. Otherwise, Justin, hope you have a great day. Stay out of trouble and give me some money. (laughs) Take it easy. (laughs) 